Hello. This episode was recorded back in September, the middle of September of this year, which feels like it's been way longer than 12 months. Our conversation that I had with Karen at that particular point in time was that her yoga studio, Yoga Pearl, was still open to the extent that it could be. She still had the space. All of the classes she was able to offer were online. And in the midst of the last couple of months of things happening and more shutdowns happening, uh, she decided to close the studio, which is unfortunate because it was sort of a iconic studio in Portland for a lot of yoga teachers as well as yoga students. That was kind of a hard thing to learn after we'd had this conversation. And yes, this is a little behind on the posting. There's been a lot of things going on in life. And so I was busy just addressing those. And I hope that you are all staying safe and well and that we can soon move beyond all of this uncertainty to a space with a few more answers and a little bit better outlook sooner rather than later. So this is my conversation with Karen Pride, and I hope that you enjoy it. It was such a great conversation. I had so much fun speaking with her, and I hope that listening to her, you will get a sense of excitement and appreciation for her capacity to leap without always having all of everything that she needed and still being able to land on her feet and that she had dreams of things that she wanted to do. And it was not an overnight thing. She spent 10 years working to come to the place of being able to own her own restaurant. So enjoy this conversation and check the show notes for how to find Karen and her new business venture with her pottery that she's creating, which is absolutely beautiful. Thank you for joining. Hello, and thank you for joining me for another episode of Titanium Blonde Talks, the podcast for women, about women, and sharing women's stories in their own voices. Today joining me is Karen. And Karen, I met a long time ago, and it was a weird process to actually find her. She owns a yoga studio in Portland called Yoga Pearl. And I found her through somebody I found on Instagram, Bonnie Weeks, who actually lives in the town that I grew up in. And so it was sort of this circuitous route to find Karen. And at the time, I was looking at maybe potentially buying a yoga studio. And I contacted the studio and they gave me Karen's email. And she very kindly responded to my emails with some very helpful questions. And no, I didn't end up buying the studio. <laughs> so I've been following Yoga Pearl for a very long time. And, and Karen, right after that, because she was so kind to me in terms of answering my questions. So I'm so happy to have you here today, Karen. Thank you so much for joining oh, me. Thank you for asking me. It's such a pleasure. <laughs> thank you. So I know when you started with Yoga Pearl, I don't know if you started the restaurants at the same time, but you had two restaurants. Is that correct? Uh, at the end, I had three, oh three locations. God. Yeah, <laughs> kind of. How are you crazy. still alive after all of that? <laughs> they were they wore me out. So I sold I'm the sure. restaurants two years ago. Now, right, and I remember watching you go through that process. Yeah. Yeah. So, so is your love language food cooking uh, for others? What is my love language? You know, my girlfriend and I have been talking about that a lot lately. <laughs> Our love languages and trying to figure them out, and I feel like it changes depending on the. <laughs> 
<laughs> day and moment, but cooking, yeah, the nurturing gifts, but like, what is it? Acts of service for sure. Yes. Is one. I yeah. think like I learned that from my mother, like, especially when we don't know what else to do like a plate of cookies just solves like, <laughs> uh, like I'll make you here's cookies you know like, homemade cookies I love that my- <laughs> I love you know what I, I think a cookie is is good yeah. a cookie is very good <laughs> yeah. so how did you end up with three restaurants on top of a yoga studio well the yoga studio came after the first oh, restaurant okay mm-hmm. all right yeah so I got involved in the food when I was um, in high school and I grew up in this little small town in southwest Michigan and didn't know what to do after high school and didn't really know like what was available to me. I think it was pretty expected that you know it was a small town and get married and have babies and I had a high school boyfriend I was engaged at 19 like I was right on that path I did not go down that path but um <laughs> but it, there wasn't a like there wasn't really much of a like what do you want to be when you grow up <laughs> um but but I also knew I wanted to go to college and I knew I think all I really knew was that I didn't want to sit at a desk and have like a nine to five desk job I needed to be active and um and I like creativity art and I had cooked with my mother a lot and then I started this program in high school this culinary program through like this tech center that was near us and I loved that and then I learned I learned that I could go to college for cooking and right. like, oh well great there's something I love to do like <laughs> I don't have to sit down right um, and as soon as I started college like pretty quick maybe before then I don't know I think I had I probably had a few weeks of thinking like oh I'll be a chef you know and then I wanted to be a pastry chef and then pretty quickly I was like well I just want my own restaurant so <laughs> <laughs> so then I was on a total path to have a restaurant and really just worked towards that for about almost 10 years and then opened one in Portland when I was like managed to get that when I was 28. And then so getting a deal how did you over. end up in Portland? <laughs> How did you end up in Portland? Portland. Um, I was, I love to travel. Um, We didn't do, we didn't travel when I was young. My family's, you know, aren't travelers for various reasons. And I I didn't really know that I loved that. But I remember like looking at college and colleges and always thinking like, oh, I'd go to where I could go. Like what state? Washington, Colorado, like immediately somewhere else. And so how I got to Portland, and which is also Kind of how I got into yoga is oh. that I got into Eastern philosophy. Okay. I, I grew up Christian, Baptist, and I discovered Eastern philosophy when I went to college. And I got into that and I started taking college courses in Eastern philosophy. And there was this trip to China and Tibet to study Eastern philosophy. Wow. And I just, it was one of those moments where it was the first day of this college, the second college I went to, and they played this video and it was just one of those moments where I saw it and I knew absolutely that was, I had to go. Like there was no ifs, ands, or buts. Like that was my trajectory. And um, I couldn't go till the next year because I didn't have any money <laughs> to go. But I like, <laughs> you know, funny. Tables, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> Saved everything, went there, and that trip just changed my life. So it was, it was a pivotal <laughs> moment in time for you. It was a major pivotal moment. Yeah, yeah. When we left after six weeks, I remember everybody was um, ready to come home. It was six weeks and I just sobbed. You were not ready to come home. Mm -mm. And when I got back to Michigan, I had really bad reverse culture shock. Like Mm -hmm. I couldn't feel for weeks and I knew it was time to go. 
I had to leave. And my boyfriend at the time, his best friend had moved to Portland and we had visited Portland once. And um, I <laughs> what year was moved, this? Yeah. What year? What year? It would have been, I had just turned 23 when we moved out here. So I'm always, I'm bad at the years, but I think it was like 2004, 2005, 2005. It's been, yeah. Okay. It was 2005. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I just had to get out of town and I decided to move and then he decided to come and we knew it was the West Coast and we knew two people on the West Coast in Portland. So (laughs) that's how we got here. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, because I'm always, I'm curious how people end up in the places that they do and and what the path was that brought them there. And uh, the restaurant came first. Mm -hmm. Yes. And then, but this trip to China really changed you and really brought you to think that was how, was that, so did you study any yoga while you were there or just, just the Eastern philosophy? I didn't study any yoga there. I really dove into Eastern philosophy and it really spoke to me. And I was definitely transitioning out of the Christian Christianity that I was raised with and like starting to discover for myself what spoke to me. So Eastern philosophy and Buddhism and Taoism and Confucianism and like really just made sense to me. And um, I really, really dove into that for a while. So that was the beginning. And then I came out to Portland and um, I studied at Portland State University in my last two terms there. I took a yoga class and that was like a huge shift to like, I realized I was not getting, I always worked full time and went to school full time and I would get horribly stressed out and burnt out, like even at such a young age. And those yoga classes calmed me. Um, Things were different. Like I I didn't go through the same cycles exactly that I was like very unhealthy cycles where I'd get sick every term and like, kind of have a breakdown and then come back. (laughs) Yeah, it was. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah. I remember those days. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So then eventually I got into yoga and I was working at the restaurant that was inside Yoga Pearl, which is where my restaurant ended up being, but there was another restaurant there first. So I was an employee there and I would look okay. across the room at the yoga teachers and they just had this like calm about them and they, they, they were smiling and they were like, look lighter and they were walking gracefully. And I just remember watching them and thinking they have something that none of us on this restaurant side possess. Like they know something that we don't know. And I wanted to know what that was. And eventually I was really intimidated, but I started taking classes at Yoga Pearl and found, and a couple other places around Portland, but I really found like my teachers and my people at Yoga Pearl. And then I became like fully obsessed with yoga for a long time. <laughs> I understand that part too. Mm -hmm. So how, how did you end up then owning Yoga Pearl? So I had my restaurant Prasad opened inside Yoga Pearl. um, Mm -hmm. And I had that for after about a year, I knew I was ready to expand. And I was going to, I wanted to either, I couldn't decide between opening a second restaurant in Portland, like on the east side of town, something a little bigger, which was similar to what I had in mind was what my second restaurant ended up being. But I didn't know whether to open that then. I thought about franchising my restaurant Prasad and taking it to New York City or opening or like take, starting a second location there, like Soho. Let's talk about some stress, yeah. shall we? <laughs> I like to, like to go big. I was going to say, you leap big, girl. Yeah. Wow. Leap and see how far you get, you know? Right. And you'll know what's possible. <laughs> 
makes sense. It so makes sense. It frightens some people around me sometimes, I think. But um, we, <laughs> I like that, yeah. So it was that, or I had this other crazy idea where I'd fallen in love with Yoga Pearl and I knew that the, the owners, their lease was coming up. They'd had it for almost 10 years. I just knew they were they were tired. They didn't, they still loved the studio, but I had this sense that they were ready to move on. They were ready for their next chapter. And I would look around it and I would just think like, what, like, what if, what if I own this yoga studio? So I went and talked to them one day. <laughs> And asked them what they were going to do with their lease and what they were thinking about and if they were thinking about selling. And if so, maybe they wanted to sell it to me. They were kind of shocked, I think. And <laughs> yeah, sure. Really? Wow. Yeah. But I had no money. Um, oh, well, there's always that. So. Again, that's the cash thing. You know, mm -hmm. that green stuff. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had no money. But then, and it made no sense. I remember calling other restaurant owners and business owners I knew in town and telling them like, hey, what do you what do y'all think I should do? And they were all like, do not buy the yoga studio. Like, we, <laughs> that's the craziest thing we've ever heard. Because yoga studios aren't, I was doing financially well in the restaurant business. Yeah. And yoga, yoga studios, studios are, that's, that's a push. Right. Yeah. So it was, yeah. uh, it was just a total like heart decision like I couldn't even explain it um but I was so drawn to it and so I didn't take any other advice and I decided to go the yoga studio route and then I was trying to find money and wasn't sure if it'd work I needed a large chunk of money and I found somebody who I went and had coffee with somebody thinking maybe they loaned me like 30 grand and it was a lot more than that and she's like well how much do you need and she's like okay I can do that and she gave me a personal loan for the entire chunk. And oh my gosh. Point, I thought like, okay, I have to do this. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Well, I mean, that was universe and it wasn't a, it, that wasn't a like a little tickle you with a feather. That was a let's whack you up the forehead. Mm -hmm. Here you go, yeah. sis. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You mm -hmm. asked for it. Now here it is. Yeah. So so you're a you're a you're a you're a good manifester. I am a good manifester. Yeah. I almost well, feel like and I you just kind of careful sometimes. Well, <laughs> well, I, yes, yes. People, some people don't always pay attention to that because a lot of people are like, I keep you know wanting stuff and asking for stuff and nothing ever shows up. And I, I guess kind of what I what I'm picking up from your story is is that and you said it yourself. It's like you know you just you leap and see what happens and mm -hmm. your attitude has not always been i'm i'm afraid i'm gonna fail or this isn't gonna work or what am i gonna do i mean you basically just believe that it could i mean people told you don't buy the yoga studio right and and you did it anyway so mm -hmm. you just it sounds like maybe you have some sort of an innate belief in yourself or a guidance system that just really speaks to you and you go with what shows up yeah i think I learned how to listen to my intuition really young and I learned then like the first time I really followed it I made a huge life-changing decision I, I was gonna be, get married when I was 19 and I was like months away from it and I just knew I couldn't and um <laughs> And, and after that, I was like, oh, I have to learn how to listen to this. Yeah, you probably saved yourself complex. years of grief. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yep. <laughs> and I couldn't explain it. I think that's the thing about intuition, too. Like, it doesn't always make sense. You can't 
you just have to like listen to your gut really and yeah. uh, but then also put in the work you know there's yes mm-hmm, like manifestation is also due diligence to like it is get there mm-hmm. it is and and the fact that you know just let me ask you this yeah have you have you ever suffered from imposter syndrome has that ever even come across your radar or do you just go it, it speaks to me i know this is going to work out and that's what i'm going to do have i suffered from imposter syndrome i think some but not a lot and i do think okay. in those cases sometimes the whole fake it till you make it um i mean <laughs> it doesn't work like you just I'm like all right my god like got this. <laughs> and, you know, and if you walk in with that confidence, then even if it really isn't there, but there's something about deciding that we have it that then does give us like a dose of it, I believe. And, and you know, knowing, I think for me, it came down to, especially with the restaurants, like I had done, I had worked so hard. I had spent 10, ten so years time learning. Yeah. Yeah, with the yoga studio, I definitely, I didn't know what I was doing. And that was, and I made some really big mistakes too at the beginning. Um, but I think I knew I didn't know what I was doing. I was like, right, I'm just going to do my best. And That's all you can we'll do. See. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have siblings? I do. Yeah. And yeah. where are you in the birth order? Um, I am the youngest. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I'm the youngest okay. by, by a pretty big, by a decent chunk. Mm-hmm. So then the older siblings got the um, type A personalities and needing to be perfect. And you yeah. got to be the baby who, like everyone, was like, okay, Karen. <laughs> I, I think, like, yeah, I think by the time once my mom had me, you know, she'd, she'd gone through a lot. And I think I did get let off, like, a little easier. And I learned how to kind of work the situation. <laughs> I don't really have a perfectionist side to me which is better now it's but I really yeah I hesitate to to use that word and I mean mm-hmm. I've I've been a perfectionist off and on in my life for various reasons and I did some pretty heavy work on myself and a bunch of stuff and what really came up for me was that I have a vision in my head and I can see it mm-hmm. I can yeah. see what it looks like I can smell it I can taste it you know feel all of that. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I'm going for. And sometimes that keeps me trapped in a space that if I would let go of the expectation that it's going to look exactly like what I see in my head, that things would be better. And I've gotten better as I've gotten older with that. But it took me a while to figure out that that's what I was doing. And I always just thought, oh, it just, you know, I, if I'm just perfect and everything will be okay and everyone will love me and it'll all be all right. And then it's like, well, wait a minute, that's not really what it was. But it was just, I could clearly see. And I, there's not, it's just like, I've worked in technology since 1983, back before, back when the computers were huge and Uh the disks were this big and and was there when MS-DOS came on the scene. And so I've been in technology a long time. And so for me, years ago, I wanted to do online things with classes and doing things, but the technology wasn't there. And it's taken until now for the technology to catch up to the vision that I had in my oh, yeah. head yeah. probably 12 years ago. Uh-huh. So it's just interesting to me that your your thought process and how you do it is just like, you know, I'm just going to do it and I'm going to make mistakes and I'm just going to do the best that I can. But a lot of people, that's not, you know, that's not the message we get from society. It's not mm-hmm. the message we get from our parents. It's just everybody has such a fear 
fear of failing mm -hmm. or making mistakes. But you know what? I mean, I've made some big ass mistakes in life. And looking back, those are the things that have taught me the most incredible yeah. things in my life. So mm -hmm. your perspective to me is incredible. I love hearing you talk about that. <laughs> and it's just like, you really have a much different mindset than a lot of people do. And that, and I hope you realize how incredible that is. Wow. Well, thank you. Thank You're you. welcome. I think You're that welcome. I, we grew up with very little money at all. And, um, and I think that that made a huge difference, you know? Yeah. So one thing I've always said to myself is like, well, what's the worst that could happen? Right. And then I would be like, well, I could die. To me, that was like the worst. And I'm like, oh, well, that's not gonna, I'm just not, I'm not gonna die. If I, like if I go to a restaurant and it fails, like that's right. not gonna kill me, right? Like, um, and then I was like, oh, okay, well, I'd go bankrupt or something. I'm like, I don't even have any money to begin with. So that like, <laughs> <laughs> and I and I had always waited tables before that. I never made more than twenty grand a year, you know. Right. So I was like, "Well, the sales. I just go wait tables again." And I mean, I do whatever like, you need to do. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's... <laughs> it would be. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it would be different now or not. But I just was kind of that. That that's the type of thing I think about. Like, so if I have to, if I lose stuff and start at zero, I'd rather have. For me, I needed like had to have my passion and I had to explore that idea to its like absolute fullest potential. There's a quote I have down in my pottery studio that's something about like if something burns your soul, it's your duty to be reduced to ashes by it. Oh, um and like yeah, just it, that felt more important than what I could lose because what I so, would lose would be the well. I, I was the, what you would lose would be what your heart was telling you, mm -hmm. and it sounds like you couldn't have lived with that space right. of not following what was speaking to you. Mm -hmm. So you opened up the second restaurant. Yeah, yeah. So, so how long after you and yoga studio? And how like, long after you purchased Yoga Pearl did you open the second restaurant? A year. <laughs> Oh my God, you are a glutton for punishment, girl. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Holy shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. And were you were you cooking in both restaurants or did you have people that were doing most of the I had people. Yeah, I had people with the first restaurant. At first I did it as a food cart. Um, not because I wanted a food cart, but I didn't have any money. And I had like just enough from a situation to um, be able to get a food cart. And, and it, it wasn't successful, like in the sense that I was more broke than I ever been. It wasn't like that. And it was like, people love the food cart story. And I, for some people, they have a beautiful food cart story. But I think for me, I always want to be transparent that like it was rough. But um, but then it turned into the restaurant. And then, um, uh, oh, was I cooking in it? Yeah, that was the question. And I... I did for like the first two weeks, but I was my own worst employee because I had so much other stuff to do. Right. That I was on the phone and computer all the time and trying to, you know, yeah, make phone calls, order things. Well, you were trying to run the business is what you were right. trying to do. Yeah. And you, you can't do that. And I mean, you know, cooking in a mm -hmm. restaurant takes a lot of time. Mm -hmm. right. So how did you, I'm curious about your business experience and running a business. Did you just figure it out as you went? Did you take some courses to figure, I mean, how did that shake mm -hmm. out for you? I studied as much as I could in advance. I went to culinary school and they had um, some business classes in the culinary program. And then, and then I did a business minor at Portland State University when I was there. So some of those classes were helpful some weren't um yeah and then I worked in restaurants for years and I always right. I think I'm just a total 
super responsible person. So I'd always end up like, even if I wasn't managing, I'd end up in that kind of role. Right. Um, and so you got to see inner workings mm-hmm. then. Yeah. yeah. And I would always like talk to the, I'd ask the owners, I just ask a bunch of questions until to the point that somebody told me it wasn't any of my business. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> like, I had to learn. So, but that's but that's mm-hmm. a perfect way to learn, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's mostly how I learned everything I learned about technology. Right. I wasn't mm-hmm. trained in technology. I just kept mm-hmm. asking questions and, mm-hmm. you know, learning how to do stuff. And someone said, well, you know how to do that. Would you like to learn how to do this? Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, it's interesting that the, what you're talking about here and about your food cart in that space. I was just listening to um, Brene Brown's podcast and she had, his last name is Sun and Shine. And he wrote a book called Stretch. Mm-hmm. And he, it was all about people making the most of what they have and that it causes them to be more creative, to do more with less. Mm-hmm. And also doing something because it brings them joy, right? They're Mm -hmm. not, like you said, I didn't want to sit in an office and, you know, work at a job. That you were doing something that brought you joy. And he talks about the chasers, there's the stretchers and the chasers. And the Mm. chasers are the ones that are like, we need to acquire more of this and we need to do more of that. And we blah, 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 blah. And the stretchers are the ones who are like, you know, let's make the most of what we have. Let's figure out how to be the most productive with what we have. And that way they're not overextending themselves and being stuck out over a big space where it gets really scary and then, you know, the potential to fail. So as you're talking about this, it's like, you know, I had this food cart, it <laughs> didn't really work out, but you made the best, you didn't have any money, so but you made the best mm-hmm. of it with what you had, right? So, right. Yeah. and you, and you, you parlayed that into the next version of what your restaurant was. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then, you got the yoga studio and then a year later opened another restaurant. I'm still, that still just blows me away. I had a good people. I had a good crew and I had this well, yeah, that's, general that's, manager that, that worked like she owned the place as well. Like people always thought that she was owner. We worked more like partners. So I had one of the biggest things I learned in, you know, business school and all the, I also read like any cool business book I could get my hands on and asked like, <laughs> read everything I could find. Um, But delegation was key, right? So learning how to, like, I found the person and then letting go and letting her really step in. So, so people, yeah, so even she had passion, she had passion for Mm -hmm. your business. Completely. Yeah. And if it was just me and I didn't have her, I never would have opened that second restaurant. I don't don't know. I don't want to say never, but it it would have been different. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And then, and then you opened a third restaurant. Then I opened a third, which I should not have done, but we live and learn. Yes. (laughs) And yeah, I opened a third in a rat climbing gym here. And I, um, it was just a small little cafe space like Prasad. We called it Prasad East. And all the restaurants were juice and smoothie bars and health food and that kind of thing. And that one didn't work, you know, honestly. Mm. But, um, but I learned, I learned some things from there that now I know to not do again. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, even then, like that, technically it was a failure, but I, but you, like you said, you learned, so learned something yeah. along the mm-hmm. way. Right. And then, um, so did you keep the entire staff for the yoga studio and everything when the, when you purchased it from the original owners? Mostly, mostly I made some changes. Um, I felt like, you know, they'd had it for 10 years and I think that I 
think I believe in change. Like I think change is change is necessary in, in so many levels for all of us, and it's kind of you know what makes the world like go round and change and growth. And when you're oftentimes doing the same thing for a long period of time for various reasons, we can get a little stuck and um. Well, those habitual patterns mm-hmm. of motion happen in the body and our thought process. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe there were some people there that I think you know maybe weren't the right fit anymore. And but but there's different things like uh, yoga studio is such an emotional relationship kind of business too right so sometimes it can be hard to make the right business decision when there's so much heartfelt energy tied in there and so I came in and I made what I thought were some a few changes that were good business decisions and I and I completely messed some of those up um I recognize now um I think some of them I did I think some I didn't I made some people unhappy but I also felt like I had to come in and shift things up so I did not a lot but a little bit yeah. But it needed to reflect you as the new owner too, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you you have your perspective. I mean, you fell in love with Yoga Pearl as mm-hmm. your place to practice. And obviously with enough observation time in terms of going there and practicing and seeing how everything works, you just decided that there was some things and you needed to change. But, you yeah. know, the reality is, is that it doesn't matter. It, anybody new coming in, it's always going to have to shift to be mm-hmm. the reflection of who that person is because right. nobody's going to run this, that same business the same way. There's mm-hmm. just no way that's going to happen. So, and then, so how long did you own all of those things together before you woke up one day and went, <laughs> I need to make my life smaller? Um, I'll, let's see. I sold the restaurants after Harlow was the second restaurant. So it was like right after its five year anniversary. So altogether, I think I had all four businesses for about three years. You know, by the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it, it was a lot. And then, then you got yourself your van. But yes. Yep. Then I bought a van. So my big gift to myself after selling the restaurants was to buy a nice van and hit the road. And I'd always traveled a lot, even when I had businesses, but I could never go away for a long, large chunk of time because I needed to be here. Um, so now I could go for a long period of time. And I'd traveled overseas a lot, but not in the United States a lot. So yeah, I built that. I had a van built out. I did not do it myself. I was way too busy, but um, it's a very uh, cool van. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of luxurious. It was a really very it was my my very nice present. <laughs> wow, so, I mean, the work and then mm-hmm, hit the van. and then somebody stole it, didn't they? Somebody stole it. Yes. And you got <laughs> it back. I got it back. Yeah. They then they came back and they broke into it and they broke You've into got my to be kidding house me. after that, which was something oh, I didn't share on social God, media. Karen. But oh, it was so, so yeah. Yeah. Starting to get wow. some rough dreams for a while, but hey. Wow. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that that had happened. Mm. So, and, yeah, and, and you're also a potter. I am. Yeah. yeah. And how long have you been doing that? I started taking classes. I don't remember, I feel like I might have been like six years ago or something. I took my first class and I remember I was, you know, just working in the restaurant. I think I had Yoga Pearl in the first restaurant. I was so busy. It was the first time I was just gone one night a week from like 6 to 9 p.m. I'd still be on the phone in the back of the <laughs> studio talking to the restaurant, running to the restaurant afterwards and helping them with the dill and like, oh, but I was determined to do something different for myself. 
<laughs> I love it. I love mm-hmm. it. That's fantastic. So I but it, it it turned into something much more than just something to do something different. It did. It did over time. So um, I just took classes for a few years when I could, and I didn't have a lot of time to put towards it until really this year Then I started doing it regularly and have a pottery studio in my house. And that was always a dream of mine. And now it's turned into a business. Well, I know. So (laughs) listeners, I will post in the show notes. She's got a brand new website for her pottery. She has beautiful work. Those pink bowls and plates. I mean, I look at those and I just salivate over those. They're so (laughs) fantastic. The color pink is perfect and they've got Mm -hmm. a little speckle and it just, Mm -hmm. so there it's really wonderful, but I'll make sure that you guys have the link so that you can go check out her, um, her website for that. And the link to find her on Instagram as well as yoga pearl. And, um, you have been like all of us who are in the movement and health and wellness industry, Mm -hmm. trying to figure out how how to stay viable with everything that's going on. So I know, you know, Washington, we have our phases and we're right now trapped perpetually in phase two in this particular County that I live in. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so there's a lot of restraints on what we can do in terms of having people in the health club and all of the classes will continue to stay virtual. I would suspect maybe even till next summer. We'll see what happens. But so how did you make that? I mean, because it was a major transition for most people to figure out how do I keep my business? So what kind of thought process led you to the space of what do I need to do to make this happen? For the online portion for the yoga. I mean, honestly, it it was so hard for me. I watched a lot of other studios, you know, and friends of mine in Portland transition online very quickly. And I know it was hard for them too but they did it in a week or two and I felt completely um numb is not the word I'm looking for but like just stuck like I just frozen frozen yeah yeah I really did kind of freeze it was really it was hard for me um I love I love face-to-face like I don't I don't really I've never barely ever practiced yoga on my own you know at home I like occasionally but I love a class I love music I love the energy of people around me and I'm I'm a total introvert too and I need tons of quiet time but I I almost did I didn't even realize how much I fed off of that energy until COVID happened and I just I um I got really sad I actually went through a depression I didn't realize that's what was happening um through this but I so I struggled with it and with the studio and so eventually we did do an online program but we were probably like the last people in Portland I think to transition to online I was just yeah I felt frozen I when we didn't know it was gonna last for so long at first right I was well, like, I mean we'll just nobody it. knew every day was something new mm-hmm. right yeah so now what software do you use in the studio do you use mind body we use mind body yes yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't have yeah, and technology. I don't I don't think I'm like dense with technology. Say, but I do as much of it as I need to, to, to do what you need I'm to do. I'm a cook. I'm a I was going to say, like, you are a tactile yes. person. Yeah. Yes, as we sure. do this on the screen, everybody, you can't see us, but this is what we're Very doing. <laughs> um, I'm still going to translate in the podcast. You know what? That's okay. I do that all the time. You know, I, and I'm like, I talk Mm -hmm. with my hands. It's okay. All right. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, we, you know, we we have an online platform now um, for classes and we have some live stream. Um, A friend of mine named Aaliyah in Boulder, her 
studio started an online platform and she reached out to me and we started working with her and it's called get video it's video get video um and so her studio is on there and my studio and a couple others oh and we so you guys could just a little collective together yeah. that's awesome yeah i'm so grateful i needed help i was not yeah. well it was just you know it's a, a total shift in the fitness mm-hmm. industry the wellness industry all of i mean all of that um it, it, like you as we were leading up to the closure in march um i started having about three weeks before we actually closed on the i think it was the 16th was having panic attacks mm-hmm. every day yeah and just literally would wake me up in the middle of the night i mean just so stressed out mm-hmm. that it was beyond. And then all of a sudden when we were closed, things kind of went away. And and right before we closed, I went to the owner and I said, listen, I can get all of the personal trainers online wow. and I can build a platform for the group fitness folks to be there. Mm-hmm. He's like, you can? I'm like, yes. <laughs> You're a godsend. And I said, do you, do you trust me to do it? And he's mm-hmm. like, okay. And he goes, well, what about getting people trained? I said, well, I'll get them trained. It'll be okay. You know, we'll start small with the group fitness. I'll get all the the personal trainers trained. They can come into the club. I'll show everybody how to do it and we'll get people set up. And I got to tell you, I mean, that took me two days. I had everybody ready to roll in two days for the personal trainers, got them all trained. (laughs) And by the fall, and this was like on a Wednesday, I worked on Wednesday and Thursday with them. By the following Monday, the ones who were motivated and felt okay, I mean, their schedules were full. Wow. And I was getting emails like, you're awesome. This is Uh amazing. I can't believe that you did this. And it's like, you know, it's, you just use the technology piece. Mm -hmm. And then the group fitness pieces, you know, we, there's Zumba, there's, you know, I, I was teaching, I'm teaching yoga, well, now four days a week. And we started out pretty small and we've expanded out a little bit from there. But, you know, it's, I'm working with people, this, it's a family owned club. They've owned it for 18 years and it's all about community. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of seniors who come in and that is their space where they get to talk to people. They have community like you. I love to teach in person. Mm-hmm. I teach on the fly. I teach <laughs> on the energy of who walks in the door. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I get just as much in the energy exchange as they get from me. And so, and and I've done, I mean, I've filmed and done my own DVD. I've done videos in the past. I've got a YouTube channel. I mean, I've done all and worked with people online before one-on-one kind of stuff, but it's not, it's not the, it's, it was a big gear shift for me to get over that space of, you know, I'm now looking at people in the size of a postage stamp mm-hmm. instead of being able to be in that same room. And, and I understand your sense of feeling frozen because it's it's a very big shift to make and and it's been some people have done it and done it very well and other people have struggled with it and I think it's great that you guys got that collective together of studios together that just I think that's fantastic it just shows how much that we there are people that are closer together than farther apart Mm -hmm. right yeah yeah, coming together in that time. Oh man, I wish I had you when we. <laughs> well, we you know, you could have sent me an email and asked me. I would have been happy to help. I you. <laughs> if I had known, I'd break. Absolutely, it would have immediately. I was, but, I was like, who, who is my person now? <laughs> Well, you just, you just, you just tuck that in your back pocket because now you know. Okay. Okay. Oh, wow. How is it? Can I ask you like, 
how do you feel connected when you're teaching online now? I do. Um, It's, and it's, um, you know, and a lot of my, I mean, I've been teaching for 18 years, so I've been teaching a long time Mm -hmm. and taught, I mean, I've taught dance studios and health clubs and nursing homes and uh, physical therapy. I mean, I've been in a lot of different locations. And so I just kind of took it as, you know, this is just one more location, Sherry. And mm-hmm. so you're you're working with people. Most of them were my regular students. I, I've gotten several people who've never been to my class before. Some of them were seniors. So, And I teach an open level class, but we shortened the class because a, a full 75 minute class, I felt that people, it, it would be difficult for them to stay focused mm-hmm. um, for 75 minutes online. So I teach a 50, it's hard for me to stay in 50 minutes. So usually it bleeds over <laughs> 55, maybe 60. Mm-hmm. And I usually talk to everybody as they come in and, you know, greet them and say, how are you today? And talk about what props we're going to use for the day. And I still teach a little bit on the fly, not quite as much because I want to make sure that I'm I'm serving the bigger group and I can't see... <laughs> Some of them show up and I see their ceilings and their <laughs> their floors and their dog's butt as the dog walks by or, you know, a grandkid or a child or, you know, and, and for me, that's actually those pieces give me more depth into knowing about these people than I would get if they were coming into the to the studio or to the Mm -hmm. gym because I actually get to see where they live and they get to see where I live. Right. And how I teach is that, you know, at the end, I talk a lot about the fact that even though we're not in the same location, we're still interconnected in our practice and that we're all a part of the same community. And then I turn on everybody's mic at the end. I take questions. We, we talk, sometimes people have tearful admissions, you know, make it just a safe space for people to come for community. And that's worked really well for me. And now I'm, I'm doing more recordings so that, you know, as I didn't get that. Oh, Siri, shut up. (laughs) Um, As things are more open um, and people's schedules are kind of changing, I'm doing a lot more recording of the live stream classes and then sending the links to people who couldn't make it, right? Mm -hmm. They still register and then I send them the link. It, It just keeps people engaged And, um, you know, a lot of it was just to try and give some sort of value to our members so that they didn't, uh, you know, cancel their memberships. Mm -hmm. You know, this whole thing has just been between that and the freaking politics. (laughs) And, you know, my my niece goes to school down at Portland State. Okay. Mm -hmm. And um, she's been involved quite a bit in the protests. Mm -hmm. And uh, she talked about I said, when the brown shirt showed up, I said, I hope that you're not still going down there. And she said, it scared me so bad that I haven't. And she's, and she goes down with her boyfriend. He takes really good care of me. And I said, you're six foot one inch tall. You're going to stick out in a crowd. Wow. Yeah. And I said, and I don't care if he's there to take care of you. I said, someone could scoop both of you up off the street. Mm -hmm. And how would I come to rescue you? Mm -hmm. Then you got, you know, all of that going on. And then the forest fires show up. Yeah. And it's just been, I mean, I started teaching a restoratives class this Sunday because I just feel like so many people need to find that peaceful, mm-hmm. restful, calm. It's It's been pretty rough around here. Right. Yeah. It's, it's so hard. It's just, 
it's fun to try to process and figure out how to work through and how to live best through. And yeah, it hit me. I mean, oh my gosh, there's so much to talk about there. (laughs) I feel like, but it- No, go right ahead and share if you're- Oh, just like, um, I mean, it hit me really hard. Like I got, I've always been a very- pretty optimistic person and joyful person. And even my like goal for this year was just to like seek joy and as many things as possible and leave past stuff in the past if it was still weighing me down. And and then this happened <laughs> and COVID happened and the protests and and um and, and everything and the fires and the van being stolen. And um my girlfriend just moved in last week with two kids. Mm-hmm. So like my two I just got two children in two weeks. Before. I know we haven't gotten <laughs> like, to that point oh, yeah. yet, but yeah, I knew there was a big transition there. Oh, what's happening in the business (laughs) and all that and um yeah i think you know a ton of us have we've all struggled in so many ways and for me personally it 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 brought me way further down than i thought was possible i hit a thought that i never have before i like realized i just couldn't like i could not figure find my optimistic self for a long time and then i hit a point where i couldn't i was just crying in bed for hours and um luckily i've you know i got some help and I'm way better now, but even now it's like, I am way better, but now, you know, the house, like everything's covered in smoke and it's, I I got my energy back up. And now, you know, the last few days is just sort of like, are you you anywhere near any of the, the fires, any of the burns right now? um, I'm right in Portland. So we have, from what I've been reading, the absolute worst air quality in the entire world at the moment. The whole West Coast. The whole West Coast. We do here in Seattle, too. I mean, like it's so bad. And it's it's hopefully supposed to rain tomorrow and get a little better. Oh, that would be great. Boy, man, I'm, my just yeah. my throat and my mm-hmm. lungs and everything is just, you know, and everyone's like, well, we were already wearing masks. Just keep wearing <laughs> Yeah. I think it's just hard to process, you know, and everybody just needs to like give themselves grace. Like there's, yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and you know, it's interesting in that same podcast with Brene, he was talking about the fact that most of us haven't had the opportunity to grieve. Mm-hmm. for loss, whether it be because we lost our job or our livelihood or the way, the, the life we used to have or whatever it is that none of us have really been able to take the time to grieve or to recognize the feelings. And he said, you know, and he says, and the hard thing is, is he says, you do want to recognize those feelings. He said, you just don't want to get stuck wallowing in them. And he mm-hmm. said, and that's an easy place to get to these days. Right. So it was just interesting to listen to him talk. And he said, and I sat down and I wrote down all of the things that I was grateful for. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, what I do know throughout this whole ordeal that we've all been going through is that I'm so grateful for time. And he said, and time is not necessarily a renewable thing. It's right. not like you, you you can't get more time. Mm-hmm. It, it is what it is. And he said, so it's really put that into perspective. And when I, when I heard that, I was like, oh my God, you know, this, this is, this is speaking so true to that. Yeah. And I know that, I know that you met your girlfriend when Bonnie was having a retreat. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. On the coast. Yeah. yeah. Bonnie. And I didn't know, I mean, maybe I knew from when we communicated before, but I didn't remember the connection with Bonnie and how, yeah. Um, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> I thought maybe I had connected with you through Catherine. Few days. No, you no, Yeah, Bonnie was doing a retreat at the coast, and I was cooking for the retreat. And Mandy, my girlfriend, 
showed up and that's really was it like, love at first sight? it totally it was it was um she has a photo that she took of me before she even walked into the house like she pulled up and saw me from outside and just like felt something like that something some we there's some sort of relationship or something was gonna shift mm-hmm, yeah and I remember like the weeks before I met her I kept having this feeling that like something really big is about to change in my life like things are never gonna be the same and I didn't know what it was and we connected immediately um but I'd never dated a woman before so I'd been open to it but it wasn't a, like it you know it's it was different. Um, and as soon as I learned that she was queer, which was that night, I was like, oh, I can't like, <laughs> oh, oh, this okay. like I can make <laughs> this connection, like can be that. What? <laughs> um, and it, it really was, it was immediate. We have so many little stories from that weekend where we were just smitten with each other and like trying to, you know, I don't know, always very aware of where the other person was in the room or trying to sit next to each other at the table but not make it obvious or, <laughs> yeah, and trying to, like, feel out. Like you like junior high. Completely, yeah, yeah. And, like, I think she, I think she's flirting with me. Maybe she's just talkative. Like, but that seemed like a really flirty question. <laughs> just, like, so much, like, trying to figure it out. And then, yeah, I think we've talked every single day since... Well, you know, it's so interesting because I've had, well, Catherine, I've had Catherine Beauty gone twice. Mm -hmm. Then I had one of my co-hosts and somebody who's been on the show, Bentley, and she and her best friend, they were both married. Oh, wow. And were best friends and fell in love with each other. Wow. Wow. And they're together now. Yes. Major upheaval in their lives for both of them. <laughs> neither neither one of them had ever been with a woman before. Um, her her girlfriend was married for I think sixteen years. Wow! Um, and they were they were my first ever couples conversation for the pod. Wow. And then not too long after that, I had Morgan Tyler and Shauna, her girlfriend, on. And Shauna has been, she's, I think she said she's always known that she was gay. But Morgan had never been with a woman before. So this was this, I mean, so just to hear those stories of, you know, people meeting someone and going, you know what, it, woman, the man, it, it wasn't that, it was the person right yeah yeah it's just the person it's that's very interesting to me mm-hmm. that that people find each other that way and I love hearing those stories and so you guys spent some time going back and forth and seeing each other we did yes Mandy lived in Sacramento and um I live in Portland so we went back and forth for for a year a year she officially like kind of exactly a year she officially moved up here at the very beginning of June but then we um hit the road in the van and we were traveling we were were planning to spend the whole summer in Europe this year but (laughs) so we so many changes (laughs) but we took off in the van and went to Colorado for a bit and then she has two kids and and their dad is in the picture too and he's awesome and we all get along and Oh, that's great. He lives in California. He'll be up here in a couple weeks for a week and we'll take off. But yeah, everybody, like, like the kids are here and starting school and, you know, our new, new pod online. A whole conglomerate. Yeah, I know that's cool. a whole other. That's a but, whole other yeah. thing. <laughs> so yeah, they're here. It feels like. And how how are you? I mean, you don't have children. No. Have you no. ever been married before? No. <laughs> so th- this is a big transition for you. It's a big transition. It's another one of my big leaps, really. 
Um, yeah. It is a really big transition. Yeah, definitely. And um, it's very hard in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I'll be honest about that. Like, we're, there's so much to figure out. And, you know, it's I'm used to kind of doing whatever I want, whenever I want. And now there's three other people, you know. <laughs> I've lived with a lot of partners over the years. But, and I, I did have a, I was with a partner that had a child once before so and that was really hard but I'm grateful for that experience because it prepared me for some of this um, but it's a gigantic learning curve and I started seeing a therapist about five weeks ago because I just knew I knew going into this especially based on my previous experience that it would be hard the therapist has been really helpful like somebody to talk to every week and but it's also really it's such a beautiful experience and I think you know Mandy and I have and even the kids like we've just grown a ton in, in the last two weeks even I mean it's exhausting sometimes and it's yeah there's a lot more tears than normal um <laughs> it was like the emotions are, are really well I mean that that's a lot yeah. I mean you've got mm-hmm. like you said you've got three new people in your space right. and you have two little people and it's not the same as having that little person from the time they were a little tiny baby and mm-hmm. all of a sudden you know here they are and they have you know their own little personalities that come along with that and right. how they live their lives and all of that so you know that's it's there's a trend transition there. It sounds like you've, you know, you've done what you needed to do to be able to support yourself because you want to make sure that you're, you're doing the right thing for yourself and for everybody else. So, you know, that's, you can't do much more than that. (laughs) No, no. And I think like, you know, the best we can all take care of ourselves, then the better this is in general life, but then the better we can show up for everybody else, you know, around us. Have you guys been over on the coast at all this summer? Um, we have, we have. I've gone out a number of times. Mandy was actually there. She took the kids in the van just on Saturday night because um, the air quality was was better and they could get outside. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we spent some time out there. Yeah. Oh, uh, the Oregon coast. I mean, I lived, <laughs> well, I lived in Hillsboro until I was 15 and then we moved down to Eugene. So, I mean, like you, we had no money when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I mean, we didn't, our vacation was to go spend, you know, two weeks on the Oregon coast. Yeah. That's that's what we, which was like an hour and a half from our doorstep to the beach. Right. It's one of those things that it's, it's one of the most beautiful, and I've traveled all over the world. It's one of the most beautiful coastlines mm. in the world. I mean, and there's just something about that coastline and getting there and hearing those crashing waves and seeing those cliffs and the rocks <laughs> and the sand. And I don't know, there's, it just takes my, my stress level drops by about mm-hmm. 50% <laughs> just getting over to that, to the coast area. So yeah. you also, I, I have to say, I always have to check out your jewelry because you have fantastic (laughs) jewelry you know I'm a big jewelry person myself so Mm -hmm. you know I always like oh what's on for a ring I love jewelry I brought my first piece of turquoise I don't have it on right now but my first piece of turquoise and silver home from that trip from China and Tibet and I like wore that until it fell apart on my hand and I still have it I had to get it fixed up a little but ever since then it's like yeah I didn't wear all my bracelets so I wouldn't be jingly and, and I remember <laughs> reading a post from Mandy with her talking about the oh. fact that you that you that you chime oh, when you yeah. move with your jewelry, you know. And as someone who wears, you know, I got the bracelets and the the necklaces and the whole thing. It's like you know, I understand that. Yeah. <laughs> 
I think people can probably hear me more than I realize when I'm walking around the house usually. Oh, wow. Well, at least they always know how to find you. (laughs) I want to thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your story and sharing too, especially about everything that's going on right now in our part of the country and just how hard it can be to try and have some sense of normalcy Mm -hmm. and still be able to recognize the feelings and things that you're having when all of this is going on because it's I find it really difficult right now just I mean the one thing that we had left was that I could go outside and walk to the beach that's like an eight minute walk from my doorstep and now I can't even do that right right Mm-hmm. And so it's inside, like, what do we have? Like, okay, books, and I'm thankful I have my pottery studio inside. But I was gonna say, you can go and <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. play in your pottery, pottery studio. Right. Yeah. So I I know that you were selling a lot of your your props that you had, the oh. ones that were used because you you can't use them. And I'm assuming that what you were doing was to try and make sure that your local students could be set up well at home for their own practices. How I mean, where are you with all of that? <laughs> <laughs> do, you, do, do you know where you are? <laughs> I don't. I don't. Um, my landlords have been incredible. You know, there's no money coming in, really. We haven't been able to pay rent, and they are awesome. And so just kind of figuring it out, you know, some of it's getting a little cashed in because there's still utilities. I still have a manager that I was going to say yeah. a little bit to help to, to get the online, to pay the teachers for the online classes. There's not right. a lot of money going out, but it adds up, you know, insurance, like you still pay business insurance. Yeah, like yeah. I feel for all the business owners and the landlords too. I mean, the building owners right now, it just people right. are, oof, it, everything's layered, you know, layered as layers upon layers um, and connected. So, well, and you know what? I think mm-hmm. those are the things that people forget about is right. that the only reason that the landowners are where they are is because they've got people that are in their spaces and mm-hmm. those people can only survive if they've got people that are coming into their spaces. Right. Yeah. And so I just, and I'm looking at, you know, I, I live on an island outside of outside of downtown Seattle. You know, this is the home of Microsoft and Amazon and mm-hmm. Google and all of the biotech and all of those butts that used to be in the seats in downtown Seattle are no longer there. Right. Mm -hmm. And I don't, you know, nobody really knows if they're ever even going to come back. And so then we've got all these buildings sitting there empty. I know. I just look at like every day, even today, driving after I drop the kids off, like one vacant building after another, you know, the stores, the little cafes that are emptying. And I do wonder, yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's tricky. It's just wondering what happens and thinking about the amount of people that are suffering. And hopefully it does come back. But and I'm sure it'll well, be different. But I don't know. Who knows? Well, really? and and like when people say, "Oh, we're, you know, we got to get used to the new normal," I refuse to say that this is the new normal. <laughs> I'm with you. The new normal, Not like that, comes after we slog through all of uh-huh. this shit. Right. Then yeah. we get to the new normal. Mm-hmm. I'm then- with you. <laughs> So with awesome. you, I, yes. we got two people on the island for that. Okay, all right, yeah. So I'm like, this and, is and not that my is, normal, you know, y'all. no, uh-uh. this is not my normal. No, this is what I have to do <laughs> so that I can get to the other side. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So so we'll we'll talk. We'll talk <laughs> when we get to the point where we need to figure out what that is because mm-hmm. you know we'll be on the cusp and everybody else can follow in. <laughs> 
Well, mm-hmm. thank you again so much for your oh, time today, Karen, you, and for Karen. sharing. Thank I just you. so appreciate your time and <laughs> was was happy that you had the time to sit down and talk with me. So. Oh, it's a joy. Thank you. Such a pleasure. And I wish you all the best with your with your new pottery website and and your sales with that because I think your work is just gorgeous. So again, everybody, you can all make sure all the links are in the show notes so that you can find all of Karen's work. You can probably also find out how to, if you'd like to log into Yoga Pearl to take a yoga class if you're looking for somewhere to do that as well. So check that out as well. And uh, I will be talking to all of you soon. Thank you again, Karen. Thank you. Bye.